0: Now, last Sunday, we talked about setting our sails for the new year, setting our sails for the new year, navigating through the year 2017. I'd somewhat like to continue this thought as we look at the storms of life. We're still talking about in the boat, sailing, but how we, you and I, all of us at times face storms. We have an outline of the sermon. I want everyone to have one of those. And uh, if you do not have one, Brother Steve will make sure that you have an outline of the sermon. What you can do is take these, place them in your Bible. And during the week, you can go uh, read the scripture yourselves. Study this. Meditate upon it. Let this be one of the means where you have devotion. So we encourage you to do that. There is no way that we can cover all the bases with a sermon with just a 40-minute sermon. So if you will, keep that and study it. But uh, we want to read some scripture that's found in the book of St. Luke, and it's found in the 8th chapter. And so if you will, read along with us. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Of the lake, the lake he is talking about is the sea of Galilee. It is seven miles long, I believe it is, and about three or thirteen i 'm sorry thirteen miles long and about seven miles wide. Uh, this sea sits seven hundred feet below sea level it is uh, A beautiful, beautiful sea. As I said, it's 13 miles long, seven miles wide. My wife and I had the privilege of being on that particular body of water early one morning when it looked like you could actually step out of the boat and walk on the water. It looked so smooth. And we were there with 300 other people along with uh, David Jeremiah, and we had worship service on that sea it's a beautiful sea but as i said it's at 700 feet below sea level and rising from that sea of the mountains on both sides so therefore it provides with some of the quickest and most violent winds that you possibly could experience and that was what is going to happen here with these disciples it happened, I'll read it again, on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. This is the only place in scripture where it ever records that Jesus slept. And a windstorm came down on the lake. This was a hurricane proportion. I mean, it was a violent wind on the lake. And they were filling filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. Verse 25. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Father, we come today asking you to bless the reading of your word, the studying of your word. Speak it to our hearts. Lord, let it be more than just another sermon. Help us to stay awake, alert, and listening. We ask you to speak again this scripture. And as the seed is planted, may it bring forth much fruit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The question is what to do when life gets stormy. Now, some of us may be going through a, a severe storm at this time. We may be facing the winds of opposition. The introduction says it this way storms aren't fun either at sea or in real life. Yet we learn lessons through storms that we never would learn if life were always calm. The Christian faith is not just to get us to heaven when we die. It teaches us how to live in the here and now, especially when life gets stormy. The story, short story in Luke teaches us several things. And we want to look at those particular things. You know, I I think about this and I realize that God, and, and this is important, that God is not just concerned about our destination. He's concerned about our journey. Probably most of us, many of us, and you know who you are. We'll all have a destination, destination of heaven. We'll go to heaven. But how about getting there? How about the journey? And God is concerned about that. He's concerned when we go through trials and tests. He's concerned when we hurt. And uh, the thing that we need to, uh, to do is to acknowledge the storm. There are a lot of people that they face opposition and they go through trials, but they will say, I have faith. I'm not even going through a storm. I'm not going to accept this storm. The thing about it, we do go through storms. We do have trials in our lives. And first of all, we need to recognize the storm, but we need to focus on Jesus Christ. And number two, listen to this, we need to focus on the purpose of the storm, Why am I going through what I'm going through? The purpose of the storm. Jesus, first of all, is Lord over all. We sing the song, he is Lord, he is Lord. And we say this often, he is Lord. But do we, do we really believe, do I really believe that he is Lord, not only over my life, but over all? Every one of us, Jesus Christ is Lord. The Lord God, Jesus Christ himself, led them into the storm. He knew that they were going to encounter the winds. He knew the severity of the storm. He knew the waves would start coming into the boat. He knew that they would become totally frightened. And so fearful. He knew that. Yet Jesus told him to get into the boat. And let's go over to the other side. Jesus Christ led them into the storm. You say, Pastor, you think he'll lead us into the storm? He allows us to go through storms. Yes, he does. Let's see what we can do about it. Amen. Storms hit suddenly. As I said, this lake was 700 uh feet below sea level mountains rose up on each side and so what happened it caused the winds to to come in some of them were light but some of them were very strong and this storm that came and hit the disciples was a very severe storm but uh and also the storms hit believers Not only do the storms that come, come without warning. I had no idea this was going to happen. I had no idea this was wrong with me. I had no idea this accident would happen. I had no idea I was going to be facing what I'm facing. No matter what it might be, it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be in the family, it could be family members. Something that severely tests us. And they come without warning. and But yet they hit believers. Why? I believe one reason that God wants to develop our character. I believe one reason that God wants to know, will we serve him when the storms develop us? But storms don't always develop our character if we don't allow them. It reveals who we really are. When we go through the testing times, the storms come suddenly and without warning. The storms hit believers and the storms hit obedient believers who are serving Christ. And Mark, it says in verse 36 of chapter 4, Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat and as he was, and other little boats were also with him. You know, the thought of some Christians is to think we're in the boat with Jesus. And then you've got all these other boats that's wanting to follow and be with him. And if the storm comes, it's going to hit these boats and they're going to have problems. But we're with Jesus and he's in our boat and we are safe. Well, we really are safe. But the storm hit the boat where Jesus was in, just like it hit the other boats. And so if you're serving God, you say, why this storm? I'm living for the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I do what he wants me to do. And yet this come upon me. Time out, God. No, storms hit suddenly and without warning. Storms hit believers to help not only develop our character, but to reveal our character. And number three, storms hit obedient believers who are serving God. Keep in mind, just because you are in Jesus' boat, don't mean it will always be smooth. Some people are taught that. I mean, it, 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 it is a, a fallacy and it is a damnable doctrine because some people, they think, oh, I'm got, if I get saved, I'm going to have a great marriage. Uh, I'm going to have a great house. I'm going to have a white picket fence around the house. Uh, I'm going to have a great salary. Uh, uh, I'm not going to get sick and, and all of these things. But then when life, Real life starts happening. We wonder, God, where are you? Why did you allow this to happen? So Jesus is Lord of all, and the Lord leads us at times in the storm. Second of all, the Lord seems to leave them alone in the storm. Now, I think it would have been great. Jesus knew the storm was coming. If he had looked at Peter and said, now, Peter, you man the, the sails. Now, John, you get over here and you hold the rudder. Nathaniel, you do, you do this. John, you you know, just tell and, and He was in charge. He was well aware. He was their leader. He was standing at the front of that boat leading them. But where was he at? He was asleep. You ever go to the storm and you feel like, God, where in the world are you? I've prayed, I've cried, I'm hurting. Where are you? But Jesus was still in the storm. In reality, the Lord was with them in the storm. Yeah, it would have been better if he'd been active. It would have been better if he'd shown himself. And they, they're they just wondering what in the world is happening. We must trust Jesus when we're in the storm. No matter. No matter if the doctor comes to you with a, a, a real bad report. No matter if your son or daughter did not turn out just like you thought they should. No matter if the grandchildren are doing thus and so. No matter if you lose your job. We're to trust God in the storm. That's when it really counts. Is trusting God in the storm. The Lord sometimes leads us into the storm. The Lord seems at times to leave us alone in the storms. Number three, storms often expose how we are not trusting the Lord. One of the good things about this storm, and listen to this, this is a very important point. One of the good things about this storm is that this storm brought them to the end of Of themselves. The reason that we're not careful. The reason if we're not careful. We don't see the things from God like we we ought to see. Is because we don't get to the end of ourselves. I said it several times in the last times I've been in the pulpit. That 85% of what God is doing around the world we know nothing about. Eighty. percent 5% the western world because you're not seeing the revivals in America in in Britain France and the western world like is what is happening around the world and the reason a lot of times that God is moving in these third world countries is because they've come to the end of themselves they don't have food You see, we've got everything we need. Those men could have said, you know what? We're fishermen. We've been been sailing this lake for many, many years. And we don't need Jesus. We can get out of this mess ourselves and turn the sail this way and let's do thus and so. But these disciples came to the end of themselves. Storms often expose how we are not trusting God. Look at what we've got. Storms reveal our distorted view of the problem. We're going to sink. Just hang in there. I can't make it. Just stay true to God. I don't know what I'll do. Just trust Him. You see, storms reveal our distorted views of of the problem that we're going through. And I I could, you know, all of us could say what we have done during those times. Whether it's the doctor says you've got cancer and you just say, well, this is it. Run up the white flag. It's all over. No, it's not. I got fired from my job and now I don't have any money. What am I going to do? Got to give you a better job. Don't have a distorted view of the problem. Don't make the problem bigger than it really, really is. And I... I have a way of doing that. My wife said, Don, calm down. It's just amazing. Number two, storms reveal our distorted view of ourselves. What happens when we go through these these trials if we have a distorted view of ourselves? Well, nobody else goes through what I go through with. Well, this is the worst thing I've ever had to come on me. And we we just experience so much self-pity. Oh, my God. And we fall apart. I was alive when John F. Kennedy was shot. I remember where I was standing when I heard that he was shot and killed. And I don't know where Miss Kennedy knew Christ or not. I don't know. But I was amazed at how strong she was. I was amazed at how she stood erect. I was amazed at how she came across to the country that this is a strong woman in the time. I mean, that was one of the greatest crises this this nation have ever seen. And the way he was killed and what, and she was right there and saw it. And I thought to myself, I want to be like that, and then I watch some Christians that something happens, and they discredit the whole thing of serving God. They just fall apart, and they can't make it. And my God, where are you? And we're just always down in the mouth and self pitying ourselves. And don't you get mad at me for preaching the truth? It's the truth. We need listen. We claim so much. We claim the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is on the inside. He gives us strength. Stand up and act like a Christian. We have the wrong, distorted view about the problem. We have our own distorted view about ourselves, and then storms reveal reveal our distorted view about Jesus Christ. Look at verse. What was it? It it, it was verse 25. He said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marvelous, saying to one another, who could this be? I mean, they've been with him all these years, and, and they're wondering, who is he? Have you ever really found out who he is? Most people have a distorted view of Jesus Christ. He really is alive. He really does love us. He really will intervene for us. And his word is true. And he said in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It may feel like it. A, a distorted view of the problem. A stor- distorted view of ourselves. And a distorted view of really who Jesus Christ he is stop focusing on yourself stop focusing on the circumstances and cry out to Jesus I love this they said master master cares not that we perish they cried out to him Carol bought me the book of called storms by Jim simbala And I just love this book, and it's it's on CD. And I was writing yesterday, and how that he was talking about how America is today, and the shape that that our culture is in, and what's happening today. And the solution was he believes two basic things: number one, the church needs to pray. The church needs to pray. I'm talking about pray. Are you listening? Pray with a capital P. Cry out to God. Storm heaven. Jesus said my house shall be called. He didn't say the house of worship. It's great. My house shall be called the house of preaching. He didn't say that. He said my house shall be called the house of prayer. Prayer. It's time. Listen. There has never been a time. When the church got in trouble, that if she cried out to the Lord, that God would not intervene. I'm not talking about saying now, leave me down to sleep, prayer. I'm not talking about spending three and a half minutes in prayer. I'm not just and all those are good. I'm not talking about just saying grace. I'm talking about the church on its knees, crying out to God, Master, carest not that we perish? Oh. God, I've come to my wit's end. I don't know what to do. I need your help. I mean, we need the church to pray. I know that sounds old and ecclesiastic, but we need to pray. The church needs to cry out to God. There should hardly be a time where that prayer room is not filled with the sound of people crying out to God I will assure you I will assure you we will see the power of God move and the manifestation of his spirit when the church falls to its knees realize that we can't we don't we can't solve the problem but you know if we need help, if we need healing we go to the doctor and we've got all of our great hospitals and thank God. If we need money, we go to the bank and all we got to do is sign a few papers and we can get all the money we want. If whatever we need, it's, it, you know, we don't need God. And so third world and other countries are having miracle after miracles happen in their midst simply because they're desperate for God. There's there's not one recording in the Bible where they ever got desperate for God that God did not intervene. Hannah could not have children. She was barren. And year after year, she cried out to God. But this one particular time, listen to this. The Bible says she poured out her heart to God. And God blessed her. In fact, she was in such a way to Eli, the priest thought she was drunk. You know, when you get desperate for God and you start praying out to God, people's going to think you crazy. They're going to say, quiet down. We don't need all of that. I started pastoring in 1969 over on uh, Austin Avenue Extension and that little old frame church. And there was hardly a time that you didn't hear people crying. I mean, we had Sunday schools along the side and people was in those Sunday school rooms and they would pray five and 10 and 20 and 30 minutes, one hour, two hours. They would get there early before and be in that church altar and they would cry out to God. And we grew so fast and God moved in such a way people would come in in wheelchairs and they would come in with crutches and they would leave them there or or they didn't just walk out of the building. God wants to do the same thing today. But we're going to have to pray. Now, Brother Don, you've done preaching and gone to meddling now. No. They, these men were desperate. These men know, knew they couldn't make it by themselves. They needed God. Storms, were are ending here with number four. Storms should drive us to trust in the Lord Of the storms, the better we know the Lord, the better we can trust Him. Amen. Get to know Him well. Get well acquainted with Him. But, brother, don't I know the Lord? Let's get to know Him even better. Let's talk to Him more. Let's let's snuggle up to Him more. Notice what we say here. He is fully human. Hebrews tells us, for we do not have a high priest. Who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. You see, he knows our weaknesses. Ah. Oh, he sympathizes with us. First Peter chapter 5. Listen at me. The amplified. I love this with the amplified five. Verses six and seven. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self righteousness, self righteous pride, so that you may—he may rather exalt you to a place of honor in His service at the appropriate time. The verse seven. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns, once and for all on him. Somebody say amen. amen. I love that. Can I do it again? Can I read it again? Listen to what it says. Casting all your cares, all your anxiety, anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares about you. Deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. If I didn't do anything else in this pulpit but read that verse of scripture, we could walk out that door with our heads high and say, He watches over me very carefully. Aren't you glad that He does that? He just doesn't casually take a look at me, He doesn't sweep over me with a glance. He watches over me very carefully. I'd love that. Oh, He is fully human, but he is also fully divine. He cares about us. He sympathizes with us. He uh, watches over us, but he has the power to do something about it. He stood up on that boat and he said peace be still you ought to read all three all three texts on that on that uh, incident you find it also not only in Luke 8 but also in Matthew 8 and Mark 4 that whipping wind settled down and was quiet I believe that Satan was the source of that storm and I believe when Jesus rebuked it, in fact, he did. He rebuked that storm. And those winds stopped blowing. And those waves stopped beating that boat. And there was a, here's what it says. And there was a great calm. Listen to me. Where are you at in your walk with God? Let him speak. A great calm. You say, but Brother Don, I don't know if this can be done. I don't know what to do about this. Leave it in his care. God will take care of you. And he wants to speak. Peace be still. He has the power. Number two, the bigger the storm, the more the Lord will be glorified when we trust him. The chief end of of man is not to use God for our happiness, but to glorify God no matter what happens to us. Now, if I was like some people, I would end this saying, doesn't matter what storm you have, God's going to calm that storm. I can't say that. You see, Brother Don, you believe he'd let us, our boat sink? Maybe. I love the story of Peter. The Bible says in Acts that Peter was put in prison. And most of you know what happened. There was an angel that came in that prison cell with him. Tapped Peter on the shoulder and said, get up. Put your shoes on. We're getting out of here. It's jailbreak time. And he took a hold of Peter. Walked through the bars, Walked him down the hall. And walked him out in the court. And let him go. Boy isn't that a great story. Isn't that? And that's what God does for us. I believe God wants to do that very same thing for me. But then there's John the Baptist. He was in prison. He lost his head. Now we don't like those kind. Wait a minute. Where's those... TV preachers, they're not going to tell you that. your, Your boat just might go down. But your boat will go down with your trust in God and your faith in God. And it doesn't matter what happens to you. God will take care of you. I can imagine when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got to the mouth of that furnace, they say, okay, now time out. Now, God, we trusted you to ride here. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. They took those three men and threw them into the fiery furnace and they went into the fire. We may go into the fire. But old Neb, you know Uncle Neb, Mr. Neb, Neb got up early and he looked in the, hey, didn't we cast three men down there in that furnace? Yeah, I see four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And the fourth man looks like the son of God. Hallelujah. Now, don't try to figure out God and how he's going to answer the the, the problem and and calm the storm or whatever he's going to do. Peter was in prison. God delivered him. John was in prison. He lost his head. James was in prison. Guess what happened to him? Most of you know. He lost his head. What I'm saying today... I'm going to trust God no matter. This person was sick. God healed that person. Hallelujah. God got glory for that. Praise God. This person was sick and they died. And we think, oh my God, something was wrong. They didn't exercise faith. Listen, it don't always happen like I want it to happen. But no matter what happens in my life, if I go down, I'm going down trusting God. If I'm hurting, I'm going to hurt trusting God. If I die, I'm going to die trusting God. And I'm going to have him to take my hand and lead me. And I'm going to start walking on the streets of gold. And that's a whole lot better than walking on asphalt. Trust him. Trust God. No matter what happens. I'm trusting. The chief end of man is not to use God for our happiness, but to glorify God no matter what happens to us. An ending. This storm revealed the glory of Christ in a way that would, not, that would have been hidden had it not happened. Everything that happens to us When we testify about it, no matter what the outcome is, it should be to point people to Jesus Christ. Don't focus on me. Don't focus on my problem. I'm not here to have self-pity. I'm not here to focus on circumstances. I'm here to focus on the glory of God. And whatever happens to me, I'm going to give him glory. I'm going to tell you, God is looking for men and women to trust him and believe him. And God will deliver you. Because the Hebrew boys said this. They said, oh, king, we're not going to bow to that idol. Because God's going to deliver us out of that fiery furnace. But if he don't deliver us out of the fiery furnace, we're not going to bow to that idol. We're going to trust God. And that's the kind of people that God is looking. Whatever storm you're going through with, whatever storm you're facing, whatever trial you're facing today, I want you to know, keep your sails set and follow Jesus Christ. Trust and obey.